powerful ministry, a great way to reach out, and I hope the Holy Spirit tugs at your heart. And, um, man, do whatever you can to help, okay? All right. Be generous. All right. Here we go. Bible's out. No Sermon notes out from your bulletins. We're in the Romans road trip. We're stuck in Romans chapter 8. Just can't get out of it. It's our fourth sermon out of Romans chapter 8, but I just like just spending some time looking at some verses. And the reason Romans 8 is so important is because it's the totality of the biblical record. It is the essence of our Christian faith. It defines who we are in the new covenant. And so Romans chapter 8, how does it begin? Romans 8.1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no fear of God's wrath for those that are in Christ Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? And it ends in the other bookend there. It ends that there's nothing that can separate me from the love of God. I don't have to fear his condemnation. Nothing's going to separate me from his love. God is powerful. He loves me so much. He's called me. He's chosen me. And, and we sit here and we realize that when we are in Christ, when we're being led of the Holy Spirit, preached on those two things, and, and preached the last time, you know, we're right here in the middle, and, and sometimes there's suffering right in the middle, isn't there? You get the two good bookends, but sometimes in life there's suffering. And you look at Romans eight seventeen. it says, and since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we share his glory, we must also share his suffering. So we sit in the middle of this glorious news, and we sit here, and sometimes it's hard, and it's difficult, and the Christian life is, and sometimes we suffer more when we follow Christ than when we don't. But we sit there in the middle, and we realize that even in the middle, he's with us, that his spirit is with us. And I just loved watching John preach last weekend on the power of the Holy Spirit, that we need the power of the Holy Spirit in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of our everyday lives. And so it brings us now to Romans chapter 8, verse 26. We're going to just do three verses today. I want us to open up our hearts to what the Lord has to say for us. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I love chapter 8 because chapter 8 gives us the answer to all of our woes. It provides the solution, the way out. We are lost. We are sinners. We are in big trouble. We are a slave to the law. And he says, guess what? You've been set free from sin. You've been set free from the law. And now you uh, serve the, the law of the Spirit. And what is being told to us here is you, don't, you no longer follow this list of rules of do's and don'ts. You now follow the Spirit. You don't follow the law, you follow the Spirit, but I don't have the power, I'm so weak, I'm so sinful. He says, guess what, I'm going to come in and I'm going to replace your weakness, this weakness you have in the flesh, with the power of the Holy Spirit. He fulfills the righteousness of the law when he comes in and he gives us the power to please God, the power to live. And now today, we see that the Holy Spirit gives us the power to pray in the midst of our suffering. 
that the Holy Spirit comes in and what a power we have available to us. But I want to tell you, there are so many believers making a big, big, big mistake. And that is thinking that they can handle life on their own. That, you know what, I, I can do it. I, I can handle it. You know, I, I know that all these things are going on, but I, I can handle it. And that's a big mistake because pride will destroy you. And the reason it will destroy you is because pride makes you an enemy of God. And you don't want to be an enemy of God. Look at James chapter 4, verse 6. It says, God opposes the proud, but favors the humble. I don't want to be an enemy of God. I want to be humble. I want to come to him that way. And you may say, well, I'm here in church. I I love God. I'm a believer. And so, of course, I've submitted to God. Of course, I'm not proud and think I can handle life on my own. Of course, I I submit to God. And and I say, yes, but I see so much spiritual pride. People say, well, you know what? I I can handle it. or, Or, you know what? I know how to pray. And I know what to do. And I know what to do just right. And I see it over and over again. And And again, it's just, it's spiritual, but you're just doing it on your own. We're not praying in the power of the Holy Spirit. We know what we need, and so we start talking to God, and we start doing what we think is right. And and God is saying, I want you to come to me in humility. I want you to come to me. You don't even know what you need, is what God's telling us. I want you to come to me. I want you to connect with me in a deep way in the power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to wait on the Spirit so that he can direct you and order you. He He can pray for you. I want you to be in tune. I want to be so deeply connected to him that, that, that we can just allow him to move in our life and to speak to us and to guide us. And I love how the Holy Spirit works because uh, Leanne and I weren't able to connect. I've been out of town this week. And, and, and the, the, the verses that she chose to be read during worship are, are verses that, that were in my message. In Psalm 62, verse 5, My soul waits silently for God alone. For my expectations is from him. I just want to wait on the Lord. I want to put my hope in the Lord. I want to have my expectation in him. I don't want to try to do everything on my own. I wish I had superpowers, but I don't. It's funny because Matthew asked me one time, our, our little Matthew, he said, Dad, do you have any secret superpowers that you're hiding from us kids? And I thought for a minute, and I thought, and I said, no, I don't have anything. I'm just your dad. And it's fun to watch Matthew and Mark, Luke not so much anymore, but Matthew and Mark, uh, they get and they get the capes on, and the, and the swords out, and, and, you know, the masks and everything, and they start telling each other what their secret superpowers are. And there's something powerful about that, because if you think about it, when it comes to cartoons or TV shows or movies, I mean, superpowers, that is some really cool stuff, isn't it? The secret superpowers that can then be used for good. And, and uh, so, you know, we all want that secret superpower. But uh, I was thinking about that this week, and Matthew, I said, Dad, do you have any secret superpowers? And I, I thought, no. But then as I read this passage of Scripture, something jumped out at me, that I have a secret superpower. You have a secret superpower. Everyone has a secret superpower. This is a really good time to get out a pen and a piece of paper so that you can write down what your secret superpower is. Because you may not know that you have a secret superpower, but I'm going to tell you what your secret superpower is. I've been practicing saying secret superpower, you can tell. So. But um, do you want to know what your secret superpower is? It's simple. 
It's weakness. Weakness is your secret superpower. If I don't have a problem, I don't need a solution. If I've got everything figured out and I can do it all on my own, then I don't really need any help from God, do I? My secret superpower is weakness. When I humble myself before the Lord and say, God, I need you. I confess that I am weak, but you are strong. And then you watch God show up. That's like going to the the phone booth to change into Superman. Because when you submit to God, listen to me, when you start in the Old Testament and go all the way through, and you look at the men and women of God, it was the ones that fell flat on their face and said, God, I, I don't know how this will ever happen. But then God shows up kings of Israel that were being attacked and there's no way we can win and they fall on their face before God and God gives them the victory. We see cities and people that are, are so steeped in sin but then they fall on their face and they repent and God shows up in a big way. Your secret superpower is your weakness. When you say, God, I am weak but you are strong. This is no more clearly stated in Scripture than in the life of Paul. Paul had a thorn in the flesh that we don't know what it is, and if we needed to know what it was, God would have told us. But he he had something in his life that was his weakness, and he wanted God to take it away. He prayed three times, God, take it away. And when it talks about praying three times, he's he's going deep into prayer. God, take this away, take this away, take this away. And God said, no, I'm not going to take this away because my grace is sufficient for you. That uh, in your weakness, I'll be strong. If you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, the last part of that verse says, Therefore, this is Paul speaking now, Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. You want to know where your power comes? It comes through your weakness. It came through Paul's weakness. God's grace is sufficient, and he comes through. Jesus said it this way in John 15, 5, words in red, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from God, you can do nothing. When you come to him in your weakness, 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Humble yourself before the Lord. Cast all your problems, all your suffering, all your anxiety on him. Let's get back to Romans chapter 8. And if you've got your Bibles open there, let's pick it up in verse 26 where we started. Where it says, so too the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weakness. I love that picture. Don't act like you have it all together because you don't. The Holy Spirit will come to you when you're weak and when you're seeking God and he will lift that burden off of you and he will help you carry it and he will make it lighter for you and the Holy Spirit is there in the midst of our suffering. The Holy Spirit wants to be there for you. We had a a flight last weekend when Leslie and I flew into New York City and as we were flying... I don't know if you watched the news, but we were the only plane that afternoon that took off for New York. And if you saw the news, but the, the snowstorm in New York. And, uh, and so as we're coming in to New York City, and it's dark out, and you, there's just moments in a flight you don't want to hear the captain. 
And it's, uh, uh, this is your captain. And it just comes on. You know, they all sound the same. Probably, this, probably just a recording they press. I don't know. But uh, this is your captain. And, and I'm looking out because I have the window seat. And I can see just, there's like just streaks of white. They've had like 15 inches of snow on the runway. And so it's just streaking out. And he goes, he goes, uh, I just, I, I want you to sit down for the rest of the flight. Remain seated. Uh, your seatbelt's fastened. The Flight attendants will not be coming around anymore. They are now seated for the remainder of the flight. We're going to be on the honor system for seatbelts and, and electronics and, and everything. So I'm going to turn off right now, but we're going to be on that because we're expecting a lot of turbulence and a very slick runway when we land. Great. That's awesome. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Yeah. So, and, and, um, and, and, uh, then he said something that, if you could comfort us after that, he did. In that captain voice. He, uh, he said, I don't want you to worry about anything. He said, there's going to be some turbulence as we come down, but just keep reading and watching your movie. And, and uh, he said, we're going to get you down safe, and we're going to get you down on time. Don't worry about it. And I was like, that's cool. Leslie remarked to me, she said, you know, he looked like an older pilot. I bet you he's done this before. So we were like, good, he's experienced. This isn't his first flight. Um, and, and there was something reassuring about that, that, that even in the bumps, I'm going to get you down safe, and I'm going to get you down on time. And that's what the Holy Spirit is when we allow him to be the captain, Hey, there's going to be some turbulence, there's going to be some suffering, there's going to be some tribulations, be... but you know what? When I'm in control, when you submit to me, I'm going to get you there safe. I'm going to get you there on time. All things work together for good for those that love God. See, we've got to get that in our spirit. Sometimes we get that, that jump of turbulence, we're like, oh my goodness, what is happening? And the Holy Spirit says, just give it to me. Don't try to act like you got it all together. Don't try to figure it all out. And I love the last part of that verse in verse 26. It says, the Spirit himself intercedes for us. I love that. It's the Holy Spirit interceding for us. And when I began to think about this in my mind, you know, Jesus is interceding for us in heaven. And now Romans 8 tells me that the Spirit is interceding on my behalf in me. And so, I mean, I'm covered both ways in heaven and here on earth. The Spirit is interceding for me. And when you look at Romans chapter 8, and you look at the prepositions there regarding the Spirit in us, the Spirit is for us and through us and in us, and, and it's so beautiful to see that, and when you think about the Holy Spirit in us praying to heaven, it's, it's like God praying to God. I mean, and what's so beautiful about that is, is the Holy Spirit knows the mind and the heart of God. He knows the perfect will of God. That, that I'm never going to go wrong, that I'm, I'm gonna be, it's going to be right on time, it's going to be good, it's all going to work out, it's going to be in perfect harmony with God's will, and I can be so assured that the Spirit's prayers are going to be answered. And, and, I, and I love that picture, that there's constant intercession on my behalf through the Spirit who prays through me. And that's what brings us to Romans chapter 8, verse 28. That's the context of the verse. The Spirit interceding on my behalf that all things work together for good for those that are called by God. And when I want you to look at Romans 20, at chapter 8 real quick, get your Bibles out, because this is a beautiful promise, and I want you to take out a pen or a highlighter, and I want you to underline the word all. 
that all things are going to work together for good. Not just a few things, not just the spiritual things, but everything's going to work together. Your life, your family, your job, your school, everything is going to work together for good. All things. And, and, and then, then, then underline or highlight the word good. They're going to work together for good. All things are going to work together for good. For who? And it's been since the beginning of Romans chapter 8. It's for those that are in Christ. This isn't for everybody. This is, if you're in Christ, you're set. It's all going to work together. But when I'm being led by the Holy Spirit, not serving the flesh or living by the flesh or what I want, when I'm in Christ, walking by the Spirit, all things are going to work together for my good. And so I've got to pray in the Holy Spirit. I've got to let the Holy Spirit pray. I've got to get to that place that the early church had to get to where Jesus says, I don't want you doing anything. I don't want you saying anything. I don't want you going anywhere until you have the power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why the Holy Spirit is so important. Because we've got to get to that place in the Spirit where we're praying. And we're not prideful in our prayers. Jesus tells a parable about people that are proud in their prayers. The Pharisee, thank you, God, I'm not like everybody else and got it all together and, and all that. You know. and, and then there's this person in the corner just beating his chest, saying, God, forgive me. Be merciful on me. I'm a sinner. And, and when he asked the crowd, who did God hear? You know the crowd actually thought it was the Pharisee telling God how good he was? Because they thought that's how you're supposed to pray. It's the one that came and didn't even have words, just beating his chest, crying out to God. It's to get to that place that no matter what you're going through, no matter where you're going or what you're doing, that you come to that place. It could be the highest high of your life or the lowest low, or it could be just the same old, same old mundane every day. You come and you say, God, I, I need you today more than ever before in my life remembering in your heart and in your mind that your secret power is your weakness. That the only way that's going to activate the power of the Spirit is when I come to God in my weakness. And that's what's so powerful about getting into prayer and why I want us to go back into worship today. Because you don't just get there. You have to, you have to get there with God in, in, in a deeper way. And, and sometimes it's just to that point you're just crying out to God and you don't have any words left. Other times it is, it's praying in tongues and just speaking in tongues and praying and you don't even know what you're praying, but the Spirit is interceding for you. It could be that place where you're just groaning before God as creation groans and just that, that crying out to God. That moment in worship where you have your hands raised and you just, the, the, the words on the screen are just beginning to fall away because you're just, you're, you're so deeply connected with God. And we've got to get to that place that the Spirit can intercede for us. When we were ministering out west, we, we worked with some families with some children that had severe needs, some special needs. And, and I remember we did one thing one Sunday. And, and I went up to a mom who was with, at a table with her son. And I said, I'm just so glad you guys came today. And I hadn't met them before. And, and the little boy, you know, probably... 10, 11, 12 years old, just tried to talk and just, and just groaning and trying to talk. And it, 
it was uncomfortable, and he kept talking, and I, I was trying to listen to what he was I, I couldn't get anything out of you what he was saying, and, and, and I watched the mom kind of look him in the eye and, and turn her ear towards him and, and nod her head. And then she said, um, my son just wanted to say thank you for today, and he really likes the gift, and, and thank you for doing this. He just wanted to say thank you. And I was like, wow. She understood what he was saying. She understood his heart, and, and what it showed me was the, the intimacy between that mom and that, that son, that love, that I would never understood what he said, but she understood. And, and it's similar to, to us in the Holy Spirit. When we get so close to God that, that the Spirit begins to understand our heart, and he begins to speak for us to God. And, and when, when the Spirit is praying for you, that's when you're guaranteed to get an answer. That's when all things are going to work together for good. When we get to that point in our prayer, I don't even know what to say anymore, God. We just press through to that place. Jibby Phillips, who wrote a translation of the Bible back early last century, and he, he was a powerful preacher, and God used him in, in great, great ways and um, very similar, it's, it's called, it was called the Modern Day English Bible, and, and uh, it's not even in print anymore, but you can probably get an old copy on Amazon. I always like reading it when I'm preparing sermons and stuff, because it was kind of like the message Bible of, of an older day, and just a great way of, of seeing uh, the words of the Bible. And he was, he was a powerful preacher and, and used by God in great ways. But what a lot of people don't know about J.B. Phillips is that he suffered from depression, severe depression his entire life. A man of God used so brilliantly by God, but yet suffered in, in silence. And um, somebody was asking him one time in the context of his suffering in Romans 8.28 that all things work together for good. And I, I love what he said, and I'll never forget it, but he, he, talked about, um, he talked about it this way, that all things work together for good. He said, anything we place into the hand of God, there is nothing that we can place into his hand that isn't irredeemable. That God can't redeem. You know, that, that God can't take whatever we place in his hand and he can change it. And he can make it good. No matter how hard it is or what kind of suffering, there is nothing irredeemable in the hands of God. And that when we place our life in his hand, when we place our weakness in, our, in his hand, when we come to him humbly, that's when God begins to move. And you can say, how, how is this a positive message? Let me tell you, what Romans 8 is telling us is that you are a child of God. You do not belong to your weakness. You belong to God. So submit your weakness to him, and he will show up in a powerful way. Whatever's holding you back today, give it to God. There is nothing irredeemable in his hands. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning as Leanne comes and leads us into worship? And I want us to connect with God, and so it's going to be more than just singing a song. I want us to go deep with the Lord. I want you to unleash your secret power today as you just cry out in weakness to the Lord and allow Him to come in. Allow the Spirit to begin to speak. And I want to pray for you this morning. And then I want us to worship together. God, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for what You're speaking through Your Word to us. I thank You, God, that we are Your children. That we belong to You. And, and though we may be weak, you are strong. 
And so God, today in this moment, as we worship, as we pray, as we draw near to you, I pray that we would get to that place where we're just crying out to you and maybe we don't even make sense anymore. But God, you know our hearts and you know what we need. And God, I thank you that there is not one person who's in Christ that cannot stand on the promise of Romans 8.28 that all things will work together for good. Even if I can't see it right now in my family or in my workplace or, 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 or in my school or in my life, all things will work together for good. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for hearing our hearts now as we worship and we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask you to stand as we worship the Lord. If you prefer kneeling or coming to the altar or just finding a quiet place, you can do whatever you need to do today. But cry out to the Lord this morning. to saved find their way at the sound of your great name all condemned feel no shame at the sound of your great name every
to have it all together because he does he does so i'm gonna ask you to do something as we pray today and, and if you can't do this i understand but i'm just gonna ask those that say i know my secret power is my weakness and that i don't have to have it all together and all the answers i'm just gonna ask you to kneel with me this morning wherever you're at and if you can't kneel just sit down but just let's just kneel together this morning let's just kneel together Before we pray, just surrender your weakness to God. You can't be perfect. You can't handle all the suffering and 
all the tribulations and everything on your own. You're not going to be a perfect mom or dad or wife or husband or friend. Or... You're weak. I'm weak. But it's when we admit that to God. He's strong. And His strength is made perfect in our weakness. And we can come humbly before Him. And so just humble yourselves this morning for just a few minutes before we pray. Cry out to God. sense in my spirit that, that some would say I'm, I'm trying my best I'm trying my hardest and I want you just to be set free this morning that it doesn't have to be perfect God never calls us to follow him perfectly he just says come and follow me whatever you lack he'll make up It's not all about you. It's all about him. His great name. It's okay to be weak. It's okay to be needy. bowing before you this morning and crying out to you. Spirit, just intercede on our behalf. We want to get to that place with you, God, that we're so deep and we're so in that that the Spirit just begins to take over. That the, the Spirit just knows the words of our every tear. The Spirit knows the words of our broken hearts or our shattered dreams. That the Spirit knows the words of where we have failed and where we are broken. And His beautiful prayer goes to heaven. And you begin to take that in your hand, God, and you begin to make something good out of our brokenness out of our mess, out of our weakness. So God, I thank you that all things work together for good. And we believe that today. We stand on that today. And God, just stop us whenever we start acting like we've got it all together or we know what to do or we know how to act or we know how to pray. That you would just stop us and that we would submit to you God, that we would get your heart, we'd get your will, we'd get your way. God, we'd stop trying to do things on our own, 
that we would surrender to you, to the Spirit. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and our lives today. And so, God, we just uh, we worship you once again, Lord, in your great name, God. We love you, Lord. sense the Lord is really just doing something right now in our hearts and in our lives. And so um, I just want to wait on him and be obedient to him. And and so um, I'm going to bless you if you have to go. You can go. Otherwise, we're just going to worship the Lord if that's all right, Leanne, and just spend some more time with the Lord. So I won't dismiss you today. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit dismiss you when you're done and when you're ready. And if anybody needs prayer, I'll be down front to pray with you. Or if you missed communion, if if you're a little bit late, I'll be down to to serve you. We'll just be down here to pray. But let's just keep this attitude of worship and prayer. And then when the Lord releases, you can go. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace. God, I thank you for that blessing. I thank you for your sweet presence now. And God, we're not just ready to leave, but uh, God, when we do, Uh, Whenever it is, Lord, thank you that we walk out with your blessing and we walk out with you today. Keep us safe and strong until we can gather together again and worship you as the church. In Jesus' name, amen. All the weak find their strength at the sound of your great name. Hungry souls Receive grace at the sound of your great name. The fatherless find their rest at the sound of your great name. The sick are healed, the dead are
Yeah. 